Hello, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa, and today we are going to be talking about malingering. Although this is not considered a personality disorder, it is or can be linked uh, as far as, well, it's associated with an antisocial personality disorder and uh, a histrionic personality trait. And that's why I am including it as the last episode in our personality series. So, we'll be getting started and talking about that. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy, counseling, or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am an inpatient mental health registered nurse and professional content developer. So, malingering. Malingering involves the intentional production or display of false or grossly exaggerated physical or psychological symptoms with the goal of receiving a specific benefit or reward such as money, an insurance settlement, disability status, evasion of legal consequences or release from incarceration or avoidance of work, jury duty, the military, or other types of service. Malingerers may, for example, alter a urine sample or raise the temperature of a thermometer with a lamp. Drug abusers may fake illness or pain to receive a drug of abuse such as opioids. Some cases of malingering are relatively easy to detect, but some more discreet cases of malingering can be especially tricky for physicians, psychologists, or psychiatrists to identify. Uh, Malingering can lead to abuse of the medical system with unnecessary tests being performed and time taken away from, from other patients. Malingering is not recognized as a psychiatric disorder in the DSM-5. It is similar to, but distinct from, factitious disorder in which an individual fakes symptoms of physical or mental illness, but without a concrete motive or expectation of reward. So malingering is also distinct from somatic symptom disorder, in which someone experiences actual psychological distress due to imagined 
or exaggerated symptoms. So let's talk about symptoms, causes, and treatment. First of all, symptoms. Uh, malingering can take place on a continuum from what I would call pure, with all symptoms being falsified, to oh, what I would call partial, in which symptoms are only exaggerated. A patient may feign symptoms of a specific disorder or deny the existence of a problem that may explain the symptoms they are experiencing. Malingering is not easy to detect, as I've said before, because of the range of possible falsified or exaggerated symptoms a patient or a parent patient can present, as well as the difficulty in proving that an individual is insincere in their claims. Generally, a person will continue malingering until they receive the benefit they seek, including seeing multiple doctors. A thorough clinical interview is essential to understanding whether a person is malingering or in actual distress. Uh, so what are some of the red flags that a malingerer might display? There may be discrepancies in the malingerer stories and inconsistencies in their behavior, suggesting that psychiatric symptoms are being feigned. Clinicians who suspect malingering and generally advised to attempt to find out about a patient's legal or financial status, uh, to ask rapid questions to gauge coherence and consistency, uh, to ask open-ended or leading questions, and to be on the lookout for exaggerated stories of generally uncommon symptoms such as hallucinations and delusions. So the next question would be, is malingering a type of pathological lying? Not necessarily. Like malingering, pathological lying is not recognized by the DSM-5, although lying behavior is associated with a set of other disorders, most commonly factitious disorder. But in malingering, an individual lies for a specific purpose with a specific benefit not pathologically, if that makes sense. They're doing it for a specific purpose. It, it isn't a, a pathological 
issue. So how common is malingering? Some research that I read suggests that more than 7% of patients seeking psychiatric diagnosis or treatment are malingering. In a survey conducted by the American Board of Clinical Neuropsychology of individuals who stood to gain concrete benefits from a diagnosis, malingering was suspected in 39% of those reporting mild head injury, 35% of those reporting fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue, 31% of those citing chronic pain, and 22% of those making electrical injury claims. I, when I researched this, I don't know, I didn't expect to see indicated and 22% of those making electrical injury claims. I just didn't see that population or that group uh, included or such a high percentage. So is malingering common among criminals? The answer is yes. Some research suggests that as many as 20% of criminal defendants may exaggerate or fake psychiatric symptoms to hinder prosecution or lessen punishment. In many of these cases, and the most challenging, a psychiatric disorder may in fact be present, but a defendant may use their knowledge of their own condition to exaggerate it and convince an examiner that they require specific legal consideration or special treatment. In other cases now, uh, defendants might just lie about experiencing psychiatric conditions that could potentially limit criminal culpability, such as amnesia, psychosis, or multiple personalities. Examiners typically rely on a scale such as the, it's called the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory 2. Uh, it's restructured form uh, to gauge whether a defendant is malingering. So it's MMPI known as that. And uh, it's to gauge whether a defendant is malingering. So what, what the heck causes someone to be a malingerer. Well, malingering is an intentional act that is driven by a range of possible motivations. In many cases, a malingering patient seeks a benefit. 
Remember we we mentioned that they do it for something, uh, for some type of benefit, uh, such as, say, time off from work or financial gain. But sometimes a patient may falsify symptoms because they believe that the symptoms will inevitably arise sometime in the future. For example, an individual may falsely claim that they have symptoms of infection while they can receive compensation because they believe that they will likely develop the infection at some future point. If an individual's malingering is successful and they receive a diagnosis and the concrete benefits they seek, they may claim that their symptoms have eased or show poor compliance with treatment, potential signs for clinicians that malingering was involved. So, such patients also typically refuse to participate in clinical trials or diagnostic studies. Uh, I have had some folks ask me, does a person who malingers seek sympathy? Generally, the sympathy or emotional attention of others is not a primary motivation. Remember, it's something uh, more like financial. Uh, they get time off of work. They get something out of it rather than sympathy or emotional attention. They wouldn't be seeking that. When someone feigns or manufactures the symptoms of a physical or psychological illness to enjoy the privileges of the sick, such as attention, sympathy, or care, as opposed to material benefits, they may be diagnosed with factitious disorder. So again, the, there's a difference, material benefits, and then there's other things. But uh, again, uh, when someone feigns or manufactures the symptoms of a physical or psychological illness to enjoy the privileges of the sick, such as attention, sympathy, or care, as opposed to material benefits, they may be diagnosed with factitious disorder. Can children be malingerers? They can. Some students may feign illness to avoid school, for example. But, but in cases when a child is involved in malingering, a parent or parents are typically pulling the strings. Um, there have been multiple documented cases of parents going to great lengths to convince others that a child is seriously ill, shaving their head to make them appear to be undergoing cancer treatment. Yes, 
claiming they need treatment for non-existent seizures or giving them sleeping pills to make them lethargic with a specific criminal goal of fundraising for their care or applying for unjustified medical benefits. Maybe they do a GoFundMe page, which is criminal. Uh, it's, it's something else when a, a parent does that. Uh, in fact, uh, some parents may make a child sick to draw attention to themselves. A form of child abuse, sometimes referred to as Munchausen by proxy, and described in the DSM-5 as factitious disorder, imposed on another. But when the motivation is financial and not emotional, malingering is involved. Gets a little complex, but uh, that's where the Munchausen by proxy uh, fits into certain things. So treatment. There is no specific treatment for malingering, unfortunately. In these cases, exposure is the primary goal of the clinician. When a practitioner suspects that someone is malingering, they should consider a range of factors before making a, a final determination whether their story is incongruent with known symptoms or other patients' presentations, whether they are cooperative or elusive during evaluation, and whether they have legal problems or the potential for financial gain from diagnosis. Uh, psychological evaluation is also recommended research shows as a way to detect malingering. Specifically, uh, some individuals who malinger may have antisocial personality disorder. Uh, psychologists have multiple assessment tools in addition to the clinical interview that can provide objective, scientifically based information about whether an individual has responded honestly to a test. Malingerers show just poor compliance with treatment and stop complaining about the assumed illness only after gaining the external benefit. Well, the next question is, how should clinicians address malingering? one word, carefully. In some cases, when a clinician expresses suspicion about an individual's symptoms or challenges or denies their claims, the patient may become hostile or aggressive, threatening, among other things, uh, legal action over claims of malpractice. Practitioners are generally advised to remain non-confrontational and unemotional in a session with an apparent malingerer, relying on scientific facts such as test results and to avoid invasive diagnostic procedures that may actually do harm to the malingerer. 
Now, a couple of things. Uh, they say a history and physical should be done. A careful and detailed history taking is really necessary to rule out malingering. So they have to really watch carefully for discrepancies in a person's behavior while taking prolonged detailed history. They have to dig deep into a patient's personality. They have to find out about the legal status of the patient. They have to ask rapid questions and see the incoherence between answers. They have to ask an open-ended and leading questions, questioning about symptoms not related to the illness faked by the patient may also induce a positive answer. The patient not knowing much about the assumed disease may say yes to, to any question. And then lastly, they have to watch for exaggeration of psychiatric symptoms like uh, saying they have hallucinations and delusions, they're hearing voices, uh, things like that. So there's many tests, and one is the MMPI, uh, the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, um, the F scale, test of memory malingering, uh, things like that. I'm not going to bore you with all those tests, but the prognosis is unpredictable. Generally, the malingerer keeps on malingering until their incentive or external gain is fulfilled. If the demands of a malingerer are denied, then the subject may show aggressive behavior, as I said. The doctor, as I also said, may face a lawsuit. A malingerer, as I said, usually avoids psychiatric consultation. Uh, a referral to another physician is not advice. So the last thing I want to leave you with is there is no reliable data that I have found about the prevalence of malingering in the general population um, that is a hardened uh, percentage. There's no clear-cut criteria to rule out or rule in malingering. Care should be taken while dealing with a malingerer as he or she may seriously harm the physician. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.